Everyone gets really quiet now that it's recording. Oh, did we start recording? He's just trying to get us to say weird stuff that he can use against us later. Well, constantly, but I'm good enough at editing now. All right. Well, I guess we should just start it up. We're not being entertaining today. You're hosting there, dude. Relax, Buttercup. You're listening to the Give Me Five podcast, episode 48. Rush out on an uptown train, doors open, and she walks in, she's soaking, caught in the rain, her skin shines like crystalline. This is the Give Me Five podcast, a semi-entertaining show about very entertaining subjects. We discuss pop culture, entertainment, and a little bit of nostalgia. Then, based on our con- then based on our conservation, <laughs> you can do it, Buttercup. I think I'm going to keep that in there. Yes, based on our conservation. Then, based on our conversation, we come up with a top five list. Things like top five fam- family-friendly horror movies, top five Transformers, you know, stuff like that. Top five ways to mispronounce conversation. You almost did. <laughs> I almost did. I think I think you did, actually. It sounded weird when you said well, that it. was one of the ways to mispronounce conversation. There you go. I'm Rob, here with my co-host Jimmy. I'm Buttercup. And Greg. You used to call me Buttercup. I still do. And together, we are the Give Me Five Podcast Brain Trust. This week, we're going to discuss Teen Titans Go to the Movies and a Netflix movie called Extinction. Whoops. I am, am I doing the spoiler as well? <laughs> no, you're not. Greg was doing a bunch of other stuff today while writing the script. So, that is your spoiler. Uh, this is a review show. There's probably going to be some spoilers. Uh, in particular, probably a very big one about Extinction, unless we decide to mm. avoid it, because it's kind of the whole point of the thing. Mm. It so, is. So, uh, yet again, if you didn't know that Greg was too busy doing a bunch of other stuff to actually write a clever spoiler warning then uh you know you might want to pause for a little bit if you have not seen extinction or teen titans go and or 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 what if you didn't know that greg has a gaming speedo (laughs) which we just found out tonight so you're we just found out about greg's gaming speedo look i like to be comfortable whilst gaming but for the record both of you have sat on my gaming couch that i sat on in said gaming speedo Mm. There's actually never been a Speedo on me. He does it naked. There's not. There's there's never been a a Speedo on me. No one wants to see that. I know you heard that. Yeah, I did. Rob's popping open a LaCroix right now. That's not how it's pronounced. It's fun to say it that way. (laughs) LaCroix. I've had that argument with Jen. That's why I said that. So if you guys do pause the show, could you do us a favor while you're waiting to catch up on what we talk about, leave us a review on uh, iTunes or whatever podcast app that you are listening on. It uh, helps us stay relevant, helps us reach more people. You can also find us on Facebook by searching for the Give Me Five podcast. As with any of these, the five is spelled out F-I-V-E. So keep that in mind. On Twitter and Instagram, we have the same handle. That is at Give Me Five Pod. Dude, dude, dude. Like- what? We got to talk about it. Whoa. We never talked about it on Twitter. The thing that happened. Talk about it. Gunship responded. 
to something in one of our ep- our episodes. So I yeah. think one of I would say mine and Jimmy's one of our top bands at the oh, moment, yeah. and you know, I they have one album out and w- and one coming, and mm-hmm. so I, I would be re- hesitant to say top band of all time, but they're they're in my probably top twenty five or so. Um, they responded to the episode, meaning they listened to the episode, and you know, I I, I went back and I looked at their website. Uh, gun, mm-hmm. I think it's I, it's not gunship dot com, but I think it's gunship music. Yeah, it's like gunship music or something. We'll we'll I am yeah, doing that right now. Let me look at that. So anyway, so they I looked back there and and it turns out that apparently gunship when I ordered apparently when I ordered my stuff through them, I have no idea where PayPal sent it because the address for the billing was for me. The address for whatever PayPal put in as the shipping was not me, and it was not an address I'd ever lived at. Weird. So oh, you wow. guys heard that. And so, and I, I remember ordering at work on the work computer. So it's possible that it auto-filled something from the website, from the other computer. Um, but anyway, so if you guys heard that and are like, well, I, I would be hesitant to order something from Gunship. Not only did this band respond to a podcast and ask what was going on and how they could help, but they also, you know, they, they, it wasn't their fault. Somehow PayPal plugged in the wrong stuff. So. Yeah, um, I uh, I would say they're stand up guys. They did not rip me off. No, definitely not. And and I don't think we any of us ever thought that. Um, there was always a question: Oh, did you have it sent to the right address? But very very cool of them to respond. Um, you know, if it, look, it's a huge moment where whenever you meet one of your idols, or even now in the digital age uh, where we're all connected, but still so far away at times, where like us right now your idols respond to a post. Um, that, that is massive. Jim Cummings tweet. Was, was that tweeted at us or was that tweeted at something else? Who is that? I have no uh, idea who that is. Jim Cummings. No. Oh, I thought I, I thought I got a notification that he had tweeted as well. Oh, well, I don't even know who that is. The, uh, Darkwing Duck, uh, Winnie the Pooh. Really? Yeah. Uh, really? Okay. Well, I'll look. What? Maybe you got that. You got a, you got to tell us these things, man. Well, I had the notification, but the notification got cuz I had to reset my phone. So the notification got cleared, so I was trying to find it again and I couldn't find it. Yeah, we we all share. We can all log on to the accounts. So um, you know, we all get the notifications. So if if one of us reads it, you know, the two others aren't going to see it. So that's news to me. Um, but that's, that's wicked cool. Uh, again, you know, the gunship is one of the bands and Greg, I know you'd say this for yourself as well, that got us into Synthwave, mm-hmm. and they are pioneers of the genre. So thank you guys so much for listening. And yeah, very, very cool moment. Yeah. I was in the car and I was like, Oh my God, Oh my God. Gunship replied to us. You know, tell my girlfriend, she's like, uh, huh, cool. And she was really excited. He actually plowed uh, she, through a bunch of orphans that were crossing a crosswalk, but that's okay. They're oh god no, <laughs> they're okay. They bounced right off the hood of his car and landed cleanly on their feet. They were nuns <laughs> with orphans. Anyway, let's <laughs> yeah. let's continue. Orphan nuns. So yes, uh, continuing on. If you'd like to email us directly, you can do so at give me five podcast at gmail dot com. Uh, Rob frantically tries to find that notification. No, it wasn't at us. 
Oh. It just popped up. He was replying to something else, but it came up under the Give Me Five podcast one, so I thought he was like responding to something. We got my hopes up. Never mind. Alas. And if you guys would like to support the show, in addition to leaving us a review, which we would really appreciate, you can order some swag Whee! at Give Me Five Podcast.threadless.com. Sorry to disappoint you guys, but gaming speedos are not available yet. Yet. We yet. are. We're currently working on. working on that and toilet seats or you could buy cool stuff on amazon and use yep. our link that you can find on the give me five podcast website and it's usually attached to any of our episodes and that helps us in that it steals money away <laughs> from the giant amazon conglomerate and gives it to us poor sweet podcasters i don't know about sweet but does take a yeah it takes a little bit of money away from super large conglomerates um, and puts it in the pockets of the little guys to keep the uh, proverbial lights on. Who are you calling little? You. I I just wanted clarification. <laughs> Anything new, guys? <laughs> I got Lego Voltron. <gasps> you sounded like you you were about to start crying when you said that. Look, I grew up in the eighties, and I at a certain point when I started building all my own Lego things, I tried to make transformers out of Legos. And I tried to, of course, make the robot made up of all the other robots in the giant mech and failed miserably. So when I saw that Lego came out with a Voltron, I got it. And it's pretty damn impressive. It's very cool. I am going slow on the build because I am actually building it with the five-year-old. And mm. so we're, we're doing like one of the cats a night or as it stands now because of karate lessons and stuff, I believe we're going to do one cat every two nights. But... Is, oh, is this something have you know, that he won't be allowed to play with when it's complete? I will swat that thing out of his hands. No, um, it's actually, you know what? It's <laughs> No, you won't. I will actually admit it's, it's pretty sturdy. It's like very well made. <laughs> it's very cool um, because they know that it, each of the individual cats has to form together and support other things. Mm -hmm. So I think every piece has at least multiple pieces holding it on. Um, and he's, he's really good about that. Like he'll ask and... He has a couple mechs from his own thing, so I'm definitely going to... He, It's going to be somewhere living in the studio, I suppose. But what uh, he'll, he'll be able to, to play with it. We'll have, we'll have epic mech wars, as he says. Wait, he actually uh, says that you'll have epic mech wars? Yes. Wow. He's like... He was taught, we, I gave him some of my old ships that I made when I was a kid. They survived, sort of. Potato chips? And... Ships, like spaceships oh. that I built. And they were like in my big Lego bin. Here you go, boy. Here's some of daddy's potato chips. When I was a boy. Crunch. Oh, gross. No, I, I gave him some of those. He was like, daddy, we have an epic ship battle. I was like, yeah, that's fine. And then um, when when this thing came, he said, yes, he would like to have it. Because he has the, the nin, as I said, the Ninjago fire mech and the spider mech from the Ninjago okay, so movie. So he actually did call them mechs. Yeah, yeah, he no, that's what he knows. He knows it's interesting the terms and things that kids know. They know all about mechs and they know all about drones because of the cartoons. Okay. So like he'll look up and be like, "Oh, that's a drone." And I'm like, "No, boy, that's an airplane." "Oh, no, that's a drone." <laughs> that's very clearly a drone. Looking in my window is me at me wearing my gaming Your gaming, gaming speedo. speedo. My gaming speedo, yes. Anyway, so Voltron is awesome. It is a Lego set. It came out August 1st because I'm a Lego VIP. I got it a couple weeks early, although I ordered a couple weeks early, but it just got here. <laughs> and I'm super geeked, but... As you should be. It's awesome. Yeah. Okay, so 
that's that's my first thing. But uh, Jimmy, where did you go? I went to Atlanta. That was not my guess. What what was in Atlanta? So well, Flip Burger was, and that is a place. Uh, I told oh, Greg I was going to oh. send him a photo. <laughs> I told oh. Greg, you know, I was going to send him a photo when I got there. I said I'm going to send you a photo on Friday of where I'm at. Um, Greg and myself, when we went to the Midtown Music Festival, went to Richard Blaze's restaurant. Um, if you're a fan of Top Chef, you'll recognize Richard Blaze from very early on in the series. He was kind of the mad scientist chef. Always but doing he has stuff a, with like, yeah, like nitrogen and like, yeah. yeah. So he's got a, a restaurant. Um, there's a couple of them called Flip Burger. And I took a picture and sent it to Greg. Uh, but yeah, that was great. You know, we primarily went up there for the Atlanta Braves baseball game, um, at the new SunTrust Park, which was really, really awesome. It was just so cool to finally see my favorite baseball team play a home game. And, uh, the Dodgers won, uh, much to my chagrin, but very much to my girlfriend's delight. Um, that was a long it, drive home, wasn't it? <laughs> well, we didn't leave right after that. So oh, okay. we, we, we had a little buffer in between there. We went, uh, the next day, Saturday, we went to a place called Tallulah Falls and yeah. man, that was a real hike. So Tallulah Falls is actually the site of Carl Walenda's walk across the gorge in 1970. Oh. And there are still relics of that. And he was absolutely insane. He did two hands, headstands on his walk uh across the gorge something just ugh, i i can't imagine it, it was pretty deep it, i think it went over 900 feet at some point jeez i'm looking at um, pictures of it now it's beautiful it's it's beautiful uh i don't know if you see pictures of the suspension bridge yeah but we walked down it was like 331 steps down and when my girlfriend's good friend said oh it's three you know something couple hundred steps down. I was like, oh, yeah, it's just what, like a, you know, incline 200, 300 something. No, it's stair, stair steps down. <laughs> and then it's over 200 to get out. So very surprised that I actually still have use of my legs. Hmm. If you're ever, I, I didn't even know it was there. If, if you're ever in northern Georgia, check it out. Um, we had a blast. Um, and on the ride home, man, I don't know if you guys saw the picture that I posted on Instagram. Um, of that really awesome diplomat motel sign. No, uh, I did see that actually. No. I, okay, it was cool. Uh, What's the deal with the yeah. thing in that? Oh, so I want to sell that a little bit. Or, so on our Instagram page, yeah, there was like this cool sign picture. Like, very... oh, I'm gonna sell it. Okay, good. Yeah, so we stopped uh, about twenty twenty miles south of Gainesville, uh, technically in Ocala to get some Hardee's because Hardee's is awesome. And the closest one is in Pine Hills. So we don't really go out there much, but we've, uh, used to, I think there's one, but it's just not called a Hardee's, but it's the same food. Carl's Jr. Yeah. Uh, it's like close to us though. But anyway, that's terrible radio uh, for everyone that is not here. So yeah. Sorry guys. We'll talk. Uh, but We've been listening to a podcast called Alice Isn't Dead. I don't know if I've brought it up on the show before, but they're in their final season. And I just every week look forward to that coming out. Um, it's a, a tale uh, that goes around the country. 
and has a lot to do with abandoned buildings. There was an episode recently that involved an abandoned hotel that they were squatting in. Mm -hmm. And I mean, this, this was it, this, the diplomat motel motel in Ocala, uh, totally abandoned, totally abandoned from the outside. I mean, no doubt about it. It was right next to the Hardee's that we stopped at. And I told my girlfriend, I said, you've got to pull in there. We've got to drive around that because it is so right out of Alice's and dead. And that right there, that's where I want to get murdered. We, <laughs> uh, <laughs> we start driving around it and my girlfriend rolls down the window and goes, do you hear that? And I said, yeah, the air conditioner's running. The power was still on in that place. That's uh, weird. Yeah, the sign picture clearly abandoned. It, it looked so aged that it looked like someone aged it for like a haunted house with like paint and you know, hand destroying it. Yeah, no, there were a couple of cars around the side of it that were clearly not drivable. So I don't know. It's very cool, very creepy. Nice. And I'd love to just go back up there and poke around a little bit. So that's what's new with me. That's why I don't have too much this week. I just killed a spider. Oh, that's new. Rob just killed a spider. That is news to us. So if you are a member of PETA, you can also contact us at Give Me Five Pod on Twitter to angrily yell at Rob. I'm PETA. No, not PETA, PETA. <laughs> are we are we really doing this? Anyway, Sorry, I love sure. I love that bit from Family Guy. Yep. Well we're gonna talk about Family Guy in a second. Yeah, we uh, are. There was, in fact, a new Venom trailer that came out. I believe it is the second full-length trailer, and then there's the teaser trailer. Yeah. This one looked better, I thought, mm -hmm. although other people online differed from me. And Yeah. Now, I didn't say best. I said better. It's better. It looked better than the first one. It showed a lot more of Venom. And the first one did, but why don't you go ahead and give us kind of the, the technical specs of it? So it revealed a little more about Eddie Brock, who is kind of holding true to his journalist self, but instead of him being an antagonist of Peter Parker that kind of in the comics, I think he like stole some of Peter Parker's work or something. He, something happened with Peter Parker that he hated him as a person before the whole Venom Spider-Man thing. Um, he's kind of like an against the establishment type of like rebel journalist. Um, there's going to be multi multiple symbiotes that you can actually see in the trailer. Venom, of course, being one of them. There are other symbiotes, symbiotes, whatever you want to call them, in Marvel Comics. There's anti-venom symbiotes. symbiotes. Uh, anti-venom, carnage, scream, uh, toxin, lasher. I'm kind of going through the list that I found from some of the issues that I used to have. Agony, phage, riot. Um, now, the, the symbiote, symbiote, Scream is actually confirmed in the movie. You see her in the trailer. And also, there's a character named Scream in the internet movie database, IMDb setting. So that's clear. Um, so you said you you thought it was worse, better. What did you think of the trailer? That was I thought it was better. I think it showed, it actually showed more of Venom. And the big headline I saw, like every website, it was like, oh, it injects humor. Because he's like, oh, pancreas, spleen, so many snacks to eat or something. Mm -hmm. I think Venom sounds goofy, for one. He sounds, like sounds, the voice that they, he sounds like the voice they would use if it was like a Venom cartoon. Yeah, and I think it's just so much different from Tom Hardy's voice mm -hmm. that I'm like, well... He should have done the... He should have used the, vein, the Bane voice. <laughs> exactly. 
Because he's under the symbiote, so he's he's gorgeous. Um, that's my bait impression. Thank you guys so much. I'm, it was beautiful. Uh, thanks. Um, the effects, man, they don't look good. There's a lot of parts where they look real bad, and yeah, you can chalk that up to okay, it's not done yet. Mm-hmm. But there's a part where there's the part where the symbiote kind of splits off of yeah. Eddie Brock, and who is that that comes out? Is that Toxin? Uh, or do we not know? I yet? think we don't know if it's if it's more of a like a reverse of Venom, like mm-hmm. white with black instead of black with white. That would be anti Venom. Yeah. Okay. I it it was not Carnage. No, Carnage is so pure. Red. Somebody Which, was really creative when they named that one Carnage. Yeah. No, anti Venom. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's actually a good um, storyline. That's one of the newer storylines. There's a part where he like. Half of the face of Venom kind of clicks out, and you see Eddie Brock's face yeah, yeah. in it, and it just looks like this really bad, like poorly projected FX shot. And I don't know. The, I guess the I'm Venom still... head seem like it seems so much bigger than the character. Like it's like bulbous. Yeah. I don't know. I do like that they kind of started making the eyes kind of trail further up the head, and that the mouth is like way more distended up towards the ears. It's way, you know, it's. Mm-hmm. Like that, I thought was cool. I like the teeth. The the knock I've heard is that it looks like a superhero movie before the superhero movie started getting all of the major budgets, and that's a problem. You know, like you know, it kind of does. You know, like a Daredevil, um, like not the TV show, but the that era Ghost Rider, Daredevil, Ben Affleck. Yeah, um, I I can agree with that sentiment, and you know, not to get too far away from the subject, but I I had a thought today, and I I couldn't. Put, I was looking at a picture of Alex's Alex Ross's Shazam today, and I was just scratching my head, going, "How could you mess that up so bad?" You know what Shazam looks like to mm-hmm. me? It looks like a TV superhero show. Yeah, I can see that as well. Um, I I I feel that Venom looks a little bit more produced, like it's got a little bit more of a budget than that. But I really hope those effects shots get fixed. Mm-hmm. They look pretty dismal in shots. Action looks cool. It's going to be pretty violent, you know, pretty dark. But I don't, I don't know. I'm not super excited about it. And mostly because I've read, and it's all but confirmed, that we might see Carnage in the after trailer scene. If if we see Carnage, I would expect it to be in the after credit scene. Yeah. That sucks. Give me Carnage, man. Uh, no, they got to save something for the next. Most diabolical villain. I... I actually, actually, I haven't seen the trailer, but I actually like the idea of Venom because, like I've like I've said before on on the podcast, that that Venom to me holds like a a special place in the villain hierarchy because Venom to me is kind of like the anti-villain villain, where he he's a bad guy when it comes to Spider-Man, yeah, but he's actually still a decent person and he doesn't do stuff simply to kill people you know he's he's still a good guy but when it comes to spider-man he's the villain you know what i mean Mm -hmm. yeah yeah i it for me i just there was a game called maximum carnage for the sega genesis Mm -hmm. i've talked about it before Mm -hmm. and it was just the most ridiculous brutal side scroller you know since splatterhouse (laughs) and uh and that holds a special place in my heart. And to find out that, oh, yeah, we're not going to see Carnage until part two. I'm like, how many more years is that? Come on. Anything could happen to me between now and then. I got to see Carnage. Yeah, there was there was one thought that crossed my mind. And I'll, I'll take you on this, this journey quickly. 
so my thought was, you know, Venom appeared in the Secret Wars story where Spider-Man was on another planet and this thing attached itself to him and all of a sudden he had this cool black costume and then it turned out that the black costume made him a little more violent, et cetera, et cetera, and then attached to Eddie Brock after being removed. So I was thinking, I'm like, well, I'm really glad they're not going to go that route because, man, that would be really stupid to see Spider-Man in space, forgetting the fact that Spider-Man was last seen Has already been in, in space. space. I was like, yeah. Yeah. So I'm gl- I am kind of glad they're not attaching it to it, but of all the things that they could have done had any of these deals happened a little sooner, I would have been like, oh, wow, um, that would have actually made sense. Like, they get back and this thing has attached itself. But by by attaching, do you mean like a symbiotic relationship? I do. But I'm bumps. Wow. Yes. Thank you. That okay, hurt. so let's um, – Rob, was there anything for you or can can I segue I was, cleanly? I was going to say, well – well, I haven't seen that trailer. Um, I did see a trailer for a movie that really took me by surprise because I hadn't heard anything about it. But I'm now super excited to see the movie. And I had, I believe I had you watch the trailer, um, Greg. I don't know if Jimmy watched the trailer, but the trailer for oh, yeah. Alita Battle Angel. That looked good. That movie looks amazing. I really, I'm really interested in seeing that movie now. Did you, uh, did you happen to see that trailer, Jimmy? Yeah. Adapted for the screen by James Cameron mm-hmm. uh, with an all-star cast. And directed by Robert Rodriguez. Robert Rodriguez. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm really excited to see it. Me too. I and I and I hadn't heard anything about it, and it's due out later this year. I was I was amazed. I know of the property, like I had heard of the property, but I didn't know it was coming out soon. Some of those like sci-fi epics kind of come and go with unique names, and you know uh, what were like what is it Jupiter Ascending? Those kind of movies they come and go, and you don't mm-hmm. think anything of it. And this one looked really good. I hope it. I hope it cuts through because I mean, we talked not at length, but we've talked about sequels kind of taking over and this is not a sequel and it looks good. Yeah. The effects in this one look extraordinary. Um, I believe they tried to make Alita's Alita's eyes were much bigger in earlier trailers. It it reminds me a lot of the, um, like the, the Japanese anime cart, uh, with the big round eyes. Yeah. That's why. Okay. That's, that's why Robert Rodriguez did that. Okay. Uh, they shrunk him down. They were almost ridiculous at some point, but but they're still looks good. Larger. Yeah. 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 And that's a direct nod to the that anime style. Anyway, if you haven't seen the trailer for that, check out uh, Alita Battle Angel. That one. That one looks very interesting as well. Futuristic uh, robots and humans kind of thing. Well, I was going to cleanly segue into. From superheroes to the Disney Fox deal, but Rob I, had to screw it up. I screwed it up with his interesting conversation about a prequel movie that's coming out. Yeah, what <laughs> prequel movie? Pretty cool movie oh. that is coming out. Okay. Anyway, so the Disney Fox deal that we spoke about many episodes ago, I believe it is finally happening. Happening, mm-hmm. like officially. Well, it's official in terms of the. Board of directors and shareholders and all that pretty much voted yes, except for one of them who voted no, saying that Disney is paying too much, mm. which is interesting on the Fox side. I don't know who that what person was, but clearly it's someone that owns a little bit of both, I would guess. Um, yeah. So th- this is going to probably segue into a question here. But so, like I said, $71.3 billion. There is still wow. a lot of regulation that has to occur. Um I would say in America that will probably be given the thumbs up due to 
you know, the current administration's attachment to Rupert Murdoch, who is going to become a multi, multi, multi billionaire again. You know, he owns Fox currently. So that'll be fine. But there's at least 11 or 12, I think, other countries that have to agree with agree to this, too, as they have, you know, different channels and things all over the place. So what that means is that Disney will be and will own. I'm going to just do a long list here. It will be basically and if you're if I'm not already named, it probably is already owned by Disney, but they're going to own Avatar, X-Men, Simpsons, the show Empire, Family Guy, American Dad, The Orville. Uh, they will also get FX Productions and FX Networks. So they've got Atlanta, American Crime Story, and American Horror Story, mm. the National Geographic Channel, Fantastic Four, Deadpool, Planet of the Apes, The X-Files, Alien, Predator, Die Hard, Home Alone, Independence Day, uh, The Martian. Not that there's going to be a sequel to that, but still. Uh, the Ice Age series, and of course, anything else under Fox Animation, which I'm not sure what else is under there, but that could be... I don't know if it's Madagascar or not, but you know, there's a bunch of Ice Age-related series and stuff so they get all of that stuff mm -hmm. uh which is crazy um there's one thing that i did think and people were wondering how are they going to possibly write out some of the actors in some of the marvel movies what are they going to do you know how are they going to get rid of someone someone as iconic as like robert downey jr or chris evans or any of the other main leads well yeah i mean those those guys are coming to the end of their contracts anyway yeah. right hasn't chris evans expressed that he doesn't want to be captain america anymore uh, yeah, at the end of this contract, he's not re-upping. Mm -hmm. Plus, I mean, some of them are getting are getting older. I mean, Robert Downey Jr. was already old when he started. He's like 74. Yeah. Hugh Jackman's like 67. For a, He's not going to be playing Wolverine anymore. Yeah. So, one, they'll be probably introducing the X-Men into the world, which is kind of cool. I think that would be... Yeah. I think it's going to lead to very interesting stories. But it did occur to me that with the X-Men joining up into this world and all those stories it is possible they could go an onslaught route and did you guys remember onslaught um i remember hearing about it but i don't actually know what it is no so i'll again give you guys the brief version at one point magneto decided to rip all of the metal out of wolverine and virtually killed him and did a bunch of other stuff professor x is like fine i've had enough i'm done and basically like mind wiped magneto um, and what it led to was Professor X basically going insane, and he kind of became like a hybrid of Magneto and Professor X. Anyway, in the in the battle that happened, basically it destroyed the entire Marvel Universe, and everything was recreated using some some of the famous artists back in back in that time, like Jim Lee and some of the artists that like made Marvel and then went off to do Image. Uh, Jim Lee, Rob Liefeld, Will Spartacchio, uh, oh, uh, Dale Keown. Just a bunch of these major artists. They came back to Marvel for a little while and rebooted like Fantastic Four and all these things. Gave him a different look. Gave him a more updated uh, storyline, you know, like origin story. And uh, largely sucked that latter part because it was not on time and stuff. But it was, it, the art looked beautiful, but the storylines weren't as good as what they had going on. And then they eventually went back to normal. But if they did it right, they could very well recreate that universe that way, I think, mm -hmm. and bring on new characters, new versions of the characters, you know, to play, to fit into these parts without changing them too much. Um, I think it's, I mean, it's hard. Yeah. I mean, what people have to realize, though, is that all these actors are coming to the end of their contracts anyway. Mm -hmm. 
So I I think there's uh I I think uh maybe we should answer this in our snap decision section what we think about it. There's actually a couple questions I guess coming out of this. So um guys, I think it's time for snap decisions. Woohoo. All right. I am uh I'm getting the stopwatch going here. Okay, you can be a stopwatch guy. So I guess first of all, the first question Wait. is well we we don't time the question. I think the first question okay. here is, you know, if Marvel reboots everything, do you have a problem with that? You know, it reboots everything with like new actors playing the same roles. Okay. I can go first. Okay. Go ahead. And I'm hitting the timer. So like I said right before this, they're getting old. Okay. Robert Downey Jr. can't be Iron Man forever. So you've got to inject some new life into it. Mm-hmm. Um, and whether it's under Disney or whether it's, you know, under Fox or whoever, although it's already under Disney, um, I, I think it doesn't matter as long as they don't treat it the way that they, they've treated X-Men so far. Um, with, with the stories that are already there, rebooting that, I, I, and the directors who've done it, I think they're in good hands. So, yeah, reboot the whole damn thing. You know, give us, give us a couple more years, give us a couple more films, and, um, I'm okay with it. The, it, the guy, the people playing those roles are getting old, so you, you've got to change them out eventually. Yeah, and they're working, they have to do, they want to do other things. Yeah. There you go. Okay, well, fifty nine point eight three seconds. Go ahead. I can give you mine. Um, I'm okay with a reboot. I would much prefer to see them do kind of like a changing of the guard type moment as yes. opposed to a full one hundred percent reboot. Good call. Uh, however, <laughs> I would be okay with a reboot if it were something along the lines of like X Men First Class, where they didn't just go back and tell the same story again, just with different people yeah um i but like i said i would much prefer to see like a changing of the guard um you know because like even the character of iron man has changed over the years um they've had other people yeah, be iron Rhodey. Man. it's currently a character named riri williams who's like a a young like uber smart you know teenager right and they could even they could even go that route i mean they they could change who is actually iron man um, and they, and they've done the same thing with Captain America as well. I mean, I think even at one point, Bucky Barnes was Captain America with Yes. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of what I'm assuming is going to happen when Chris Evans steps away. I'm, I'm assuming that Bucky Barnes is going to assume the mantle of Captain America. Time. Uh, okay. Okay. And I'm going to jump in here as well. You didn't play me off. I, no. Okay. I'm going to make a barf sound and then I'm going to jump in. Okay. Here we go. I don't know jump. why it feels so different with the Marvel movies but not with movies like James Bond. Like I'm completely okay with them switching out James Bond, but I think it would feel weird to see a different person, you know, doing the Tony Stark chat thing or the, the Captain America, whatever innocence thing. So I kind of like going going a completely different direction with the characters, but yeah, just like Rob said, doing the, you know, the other people that have played it. I don't know if some of those characters have stuck well enough in the comics for them to, have the audience to bring it over and not see a significant decrease in numbers. So they might just have to kind of do the James Bond thing where they're like, Oh, well it's still Captain America. He just happens to look different now or Tony Stark. He just happens to look different now. Yeah. It's going to involve really good writing and they have options to go back in time and do the first class thing. And I kind of hope they do that route. So Mm -hmm. 
I think because I, I think the first class has been a great reboot. Yes. That's time. Okay. Boom. Yet another thing building from this same conversation. I. Is it a good idea to have, you just heard my list of things. Is it a good idea to have Disney in control of all of those things? Because I am legitimately torn on this one. All right. I'll go first. So, yeah, that's fine. I mean, that's the way everything's (laughs) going. (laughs) Yep, that's it. No, I I think those franchises are in good hands. Um, I I think there's a lot of fear there, like almost like a satanic panic kind of thing where people are like, oh, my God, Disney's going to put rainbows on all of my favorite properties. It's not going to happen. No, they they were good with Uh, Touchstone Pictures, which they owned. Yeah, they were good with Touchstone Pictures. I mean, uh, there was – you know, The Last Jedi, <laughs> hello, spoiler alert, uh, Kylo Ren killed his dad on Solo. Wait, what? And Yeah, sorry. But, and there's a Damn lot of properties on that, sorry, there's a lot of properties on that list that probably won't have a sequel. He's totally um, going to get Kerwind because that was not in The Last Jedi. <laughs> that was in A Force Awakens. The Force Awakens. Sorry, whatever. You've just been Kerwind. It's true. And I'm done. <laughs> um, I'll go next. Um, I've I've actually talked about. Play this. me off, Greg. No. <laughs> Jesus. Um, I've actually talked about this in the past. Um, I don't have a problem with Disney controlling all of that. My my main concern is, especially when we when we just witnessed what happened with James Gunn, um, how Disney kind of shies away from controversy. My my concern um, lies with products like Deadpool. Um, Maybe even The Simpsons. American Horror Story, Family Guy. Um, American Horror Story and Family Guy. Um, are they willing to push the envelope like those shows have done? I don't know if Disney. I don't know if Disney has the balls to do that because they might just be like, you know what? No, we want to distance ourselves from this product, and they'll just kill the kill the product. Um, so that that would be my concern as far as Disney taking over those products. But for the most part, Disney can do can. I'm very happy with them picking up most of the other Marvel stuff, you know, Deadpool being the exception. Uh, nice. Yeah, I think to round out your minute here, I'm just going to go ahead and say all they got to do is to hatch Touchstone to the end of the name. Mm-hmm. There you go. Hands off. Good. Yeah. I mean, as part of this, Great. by the way, um, it was revealed that. Play me uh, off. Man, kill him. <laughs> You I was just trying it. to respond to Rob. As part of this, they, the guy that wrote was like a business writer, one of the things I read. And all of these things are profitable. So you'd think that Disney would be like, look, mm-hmm. family guy, do your thing. We're going we're gonna to not put it under the Disney banner. We're not going to stick the castle at the end of the show. But American Dad is profitable. Fam- I mean, every one of these episodes makes a lot of money. So I don't see why they would bother to change it. But anyway, um, I'm legitimately torn on this because I do think – I'm not a big fan of giant corporations taking over everything. And that's, you know, from, a, you know, Walmart basically moving into a place and getting rid of all the small businesses all the way up to one company owning every single one of these you know, creative properties. But at the other side of things, I live in Orlando and I have extremely positive feelings about Disney and the fact that, you know, we go there all the time and they give a good family experience. And, you know, it'd be cool to see some of this stuff in a theme park. Uh, maybe not American Horror Story or Family Guy, but, you know, Fantastic Four or, you know, those kind of things. So I haven't yet really formulated something. It, my, I feel like it's going to be really good and lead to a lot of cool things with a lot of creative decisions until all of a sudden they decide to start killing off some of the things that we love. Like, oh, yeah, we, we, we don't really want to do more Alien, Predator, that kind of stuff. It's too violent. 
we're going to get rid of that, or we're going to do a PG rated version of like Die Hard. Right. And that's, Time. What I, yeah. that's what I was talking about. I, I just think there's a lot of fear about that. And I don't think they're going to do that until they do. I, my, I, hope, I hope you're right. I, I just, I, they're not going to take Die Hard and turn it into an animated series. You just put it out there in the ether. You, yeah. I just, I don't yeah. believe that they're going to do that. Damn you, Jimmy. <laughs> Up next on Disney so, XD, Die Hard, the animated I, series. <laughs> <laughs> I actually have one for Snap Decisions. Sweet. Bring it on, Rob. So, this past week, something very amusing happened on, I believe it was Twitter? Maybe it was Instagram. But it brought to light a situation that I think I myself has been have been guilty of, and I want to see what your guys... I have no idea where this is going, and I'm intrigued <laughs> and very nervous. This This past week, there was a young teenager who was wearing a particular shirt. And the shirt is a very famous meme, but it's from a very famous movie that was also well before his oh, time. Oh, yeah, okay. And the shirt is the Great Hambino from The Sandlot, and it says, you're yep. killing me, Smalls. Well, this kid was wearing the shirt, and he happened to walk past the guy who played the Great Hambino, who still pretty much okay. looks yeah. the same. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just older. I mean, he still looks like the yeah, guy on and, his shirt. Yeah, he looks exactly the same. Right. And and the the actor stopped the kid and said, "Hey man, that's a great shirt." And the kid was like completely oblivious and was like, "Oh, thanks." And so the actor made a point of it. And I think he was also there with Benny so. the Jet, wasn't he? Made a point to take a selfie with this kid so that he could post it because the kid had no idea who the hell they were. And I'm like, is that okay? <laughs> Do, does does that make you kind of a poser? Or I mean, have you ever been guilty of that? One, have you ever been guilty of that? And two, is it okay to wear something for for something that like you know you don't do? Uh, I'm trying to think back. I'll go here. I'm trying to think back to my high school. Yeah. Uh, okay. And stuff when I and I don't think I ever wore like a metal T-shirt or something for a band that I didn't have like know about. Like, I did have a Hangar 18 t-shirt, and I was not a big fan of Dave Mustaine's voice, but I just liked the shirt, so I'm not sure if that matters. But I would have, I mean, I would have known him if he walked by. I, I would have known a song if it came on the radio. But I think it's okay, because it's it has kind of left movie world, movie meme world, and into, like, the ether. Because I'll bet you there's a ton of memes out there, that pe and where, things that people say where they have no idea where it comes from. Hmm. Like... I mean, that being a big one, but I'm sure there's other ones where people say something, you're like, you know what that's from? And they're like, no. You know, I'm sure there's stuff from The Princess Bride. You know? Gotcha. But, well, you do. Oh, I know where I'm that's I'm sure from. there's, like, young people. Um, I kind of want to ask this to our students, Jimmy. But, yeah, I think uh, I'm, I'm going long here because I'm but, thinking. But, like, an example would be, would you, even if you liked the way that it looked, would you wear a Harley Davidson shirt knowing that you don't uh, ride yeah. motorcycles? Okay, there we go. That's it. That was my one. I have, in fact, owned a Harley Davidson shirt that I got at the, the South Florida Fair, but it had a. I didn't get it because um, it was a Harley shirt. I got it because I liked wolves, <laughs> so it was a a shirt with a wolf on it. <laughs> wow, wow! I'm gonna cut you I've off too much. And a <laughs> but for your own good, I'm I'm stopping. Thank you. you. What about you, Jimmy? So I, uh, uh, man. <laughs> He waited there we until go. you started talking. All right, next. <laughs> go ahead. I don't I, – I can't really ever think of an instance where I've worn something that I didn't 
support or I didn't know where it was from. Again, when we were younger, we didn't have all those memes and everything. You're killing me, Smalls. I've had, I've heard people say that that don't know what it's from. Mm-hmm. Um, I can remember when I was – I'm, I'm going to say a little too much here. I wore my clothes backwards. Okay, crisscross. I did for a little while. I had a crisscross. I missed the bus shirt that I got for Christmas and – you know, um, but dude, you see so many people wearing misfits shirts and it just, it's an iconic logo. And I, part of me wants to be that guy and be like, Hey, do you know what that's from? Knowing very well that this 16 year old kid has never heard a Misfits song. Um, so no, I can't think of it. And, but you know, I, I, I guess it's okay. You wear whatever you want. Just, you know, Sometimes when you see like misfits, you're like, or for me, I'm like, hey man, come on. I'm worried about some of that stuff too, because sometimes just being a graphic designer like you, like I'm not the world's biggest black flag fan, but I love the imagery of the logo. Like I'm like, I don't know if I would wear it as a shirt, but if I had a sticker, I would totally put it on. I would totally put it on my trapper keeper. Yeah, you would. I saw some kids wearing a mother love bone shirt the other day and I was like, sweet shirt. Like, you know, mother love bone is (sighs) Rob. Rob, They became Pearl Jam after their lead singer died. That's. Mm-hmm. But they're not exactly super famous. So. Yeah, I, I watched the Pearl Jam. Oh, you did? Yeah, there you go. Thanks to me. Okay. It was then. So that was um, Snap Decisions, correct? Oh, wait, you've got an opinion. Well, yeah, I didn't, that, I didn't do mine. Oh, do it. Um, I, I will say that I have been guilty of it. Um, I've worn, um, what, Quicksilver? And Quicksilver is like a, uh, a surfing company. Is that right? Yeah, but you grew up like seven yeah. minutes from the beach. Yeah. Um, I have worn Quicksilver, but the the one that I am more guilty of, and I think you actually pointed it out to me once, because I go to a lot of the conventions and I dress up like the MegaCon convention and whatnot. Um, and I think there was one time I was in my Batman costume. Now, this was also partly because at the time I was wearing glasses and I couldn't see crap. But you pointed out that I walked past the artist for Batman in my Batman costume and didn't say anything or like one of the creators of Batman. And I'm like, oh, I but I didn't recognize him. I didn't know who he was. He wasn't the. He was the uh, current creator, not the original. The original one's very dead. But okay. it was uh, and, Greg Capullo and uh, Scott Snyder. Right, and and I would have totally when I first started wearing the costume, I would have totally walked past the creator as well as the voice actor for Darkwing Duck. I mean, I know who they are now. I wouldn't necessarily recognize them on site, but if they were standing under a banner with their name, I would know who they were. Gotcha. That's time. All right. <laughs> All right, so have both of you seen Extinction? I have. I have. All right, great. So that brings us to one of our topics of the night. We don't have very many, but Extinction is a Netflix original. Really? Yeah, and I really had no idea this was out. So it, um, it, it I have to give a, a special thank you to Kerwin for bringing this to my attention. Otherwise, I wouldn't have ever thought of it. I probably even skipped by it on Netflix and said, oh, Extinction. Oh, Aliens. Oh, okay. This is Riding on the Back of Annihilation, which, you know, I think we all really liked. Yeah, yeah. That, that so. one title, Extinction, Annihilation. Okay, it's kind of the same word. But this movie really, really, really surprised me for the good it's uh starring michael pena who you guys saw in ant-man and lizzie kaplan it's directed by ben young it's a sci-fi movie has ben young done anything else i haven't i haven't looked I, that up yet i don't well you talk i'll look it up i think so 
Okay. Well, I'm going to feel bad if I say I don't think so, and he actually has. But um, so um, huge spoiler warning. Alarms, sirens go off. If you guys go, oh, no, it's fine. I'll see it eventually. No, you – I hate to say this, but stop listening until you've seen it because there's no way to explain this movie without giving it away. A bunch of TV there's, shows and short stories. TV series called Castaway. He did Prank Patrol. Also did Hounds of Love. And oh, okay. Yeah. Hounds of Love, which I've not heard of. Uh, so the you know brief description from IMDb is a father has a recurring dream of losing his family. His nightmare turns into reality when the planet is invaded by a force bent on destruction. Fighting for their lives, he comes to realize an unknown strength to keep him to keep them safe from harm. How do you guys feel that that describes the movie? I think it's a good enough description to not ruin anything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you put a bunch of movies in one like bucket and a bunch of descriptions in another bucket and told me to match them, I'm not sure if I would have matched those two. <laughs> Maybe I guess the recurring dream. But it, the first time I heard about that this movie, I guess. Well, Rob, did you have an opinion on the description? No, no, I I agree with you. It's 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 purposefully vague because they don't want to give away. The, uh, the the twist, yeah. The twist? Now, the first time yeah. what a twist. I heard anything about this was on around, it was on Friday, and it was bef- right before you texted. Um, and it was, the article said, Michael Pena's alien invasion movie, Extinction, is mostly terrible. That was the headline that I heard, which immediately made me want to watch said movie, because I like terrible movies. Yeah. We're all about terrible movies. Um, so, I watched the movie, I... Very soon after I saw that headline, I didn't actually read the article. I got the text from Jimmy saying, you should watch Extinction. So I watched Extinction, and then I read the article. And the article did point out some stuff about the movie, but I think the the article was just a little more harsh than it should have been. Like, mm-hmm. they were very harsh on the fact that every, that all the shots are very smoky and foggy to get over the fact that, you know, the budget is too small to do really huge special effects. And it makes sense. But no. it makes sense. That seems nitpicky. And, you know, I'm that totally fine. But I'd much rather have it be smoky and foggy than have very terrible special effects look that look like, like from, you know, the mid-90s. Um, so anyway, mm-hmm. before we get too deep into that stuff, so what, yeah. what did you guys think? Sure. Go ahead, Rob. I actually liked it. Um, I, yeah, I loved it. I, I don't... Sorry. I, I I would disagree with that assessment that it was mostly terrible. Um, I th- I thought it was very well done. I thought it was really well acted too. Um, Michael Pena um, is genuinely having some um, some very disturbing issues going on, and you can see how troubled he is, um, and he's conveying that extremely well. And then of course the invasion happens, and every everybody right down to the kids. I mean the kids were fantastic as well. And I just thought that they did such an excellent job with it. Um, I'm confused that they called it mostly terrible. And that makes me wonder, that makes me question the validity of their opinions and other things as well. But um, I, I I enjoyed it. It was a twist at the end that I did, did not I. see coming. And in today's day, yeah, they, age, they managed to pull off the twist. That's kind of hard to do. Yeah. They, in my opinion, um, pulled off it, it just... <laughs> Within a short time of each other, these two major twists that were not even halfway through the movie that made me go, whoa, what? Wow. Mm-hmm. That's some original storytelling. Yep. 
Um, and, and I, I can't help but to think when I see one of those and I, I put it up against an M night Shyamalan twist. Now I'm very excited for glass. I loved unbreakable, but I think for the most part, the twists in his other movies Telegraph. are pretty terrible. And um, see, I think that I, I think Sixth the Sense. twist in, in, um, the Sixth Sense was one of his best ones. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I think he's just kind of, I mean, I know that one's mocked a lot, mm-hmm. but but I think at the time that that came out, that that was an extremely good and and people looking back on it are like, oh well, yeah, no, I knew it. But when I first saw it, nobody saw it coming. Well, I think that was his like first major yeah. one, right? And then he built a career off of it, right? And all the like, o- okay. and all the all the other consecutive ones were kind of crappy, so it kind of gave a bad name to the first one. But the first one, being The Sixth Sense, I thought was an excellent, excellent movie and a very good twist. And it was one that I didn't see coming either. I don't disagree with you. Um, looking back on those twists from Extinction, there were a lot of like subtle hints leading up to that. Like little comments and things like that where when it happened, I was like, oh, man, that totally makes sense now. When Miles said was saying to Michael Payne's character... I can keep her mm. running. I can keep her going. And I was like, well, that's a weird way to say that thing. And then I think we should. I was going to say, are, are we, we going should. to try and avoid mm. giving away the spoils? I, that's I, fine. I was, we, I was just thinking that, that maybe yeah, we so. should try and keep away from the, uh, from giving it away. But it, the, the, yeah. the twist was excellent. I didn't see it coming. No, I, <sighs> Hmm. I, I totally cut Jimmy's conversation off because he was about to give it all away. <laughs> no, I, I'm very much trying to tiptoe around it because yeah. I think it's I think it's one that I, I think some people might listen to this and like I said at the beginning of the conversation, go, Oh no, that's fine. I don't mind if it gets spoiled. But I think that's one that you should yeah, I think extinction is one that you should let yourself be surprised by. Yeah, there um, there are currently very few really good twists in mm-hmm. in movies anymore. Now I think this is one of them. Looking at the cast was what immediately pulled me in because we've recently talked about Michael Pena because he's got a major part in Ant Man, <clears throat> and mm-hmm. Michael Pena for me, yeah, I still remember like the first time I saw him in a movie, and it was actually a trailer. It was the trailer for that movie End of Watch. Um, do you remember that? So that. Because that first trailer they actually okay. had oh, yeah, was not like a With bunch Jake of clips. If I, at least the first one I saw wasn't a bunch of clips. It was like them going into that building, and then like yeah, and like that movie he fit rough. that part so well, and I had never seen him before. That like seeing him as I think it was an L.A. cop, like I, that's what I see like from that point on. And then and then seeing him win some comedic mm-hmm. roles and seeing him in this, yeah. and he's in a he's he's really good, um, and. Of Lizzie Kaplan yeah, for sure. as well, also really good in everything she's in, and so and um, Michael Coulter, who's you know Cage, is also in it, and it's like these are up and coming names, if not big names already. And I, was, and I could totally see how they could grab this script, read through it, be like, okay, this is a pretty standard alien attack movie. Why would I? Oh, sign me up. Yeah, but exactly. My my only yep. complaint about it was, I guess. There was a few of those cases with bad decision-making. A few of those places with some bad decision-making, pushing things forward. Careful. But, and, also, and I can't even think of any at the moment. Yeah. But, and also, they did a lot of like weird flashes, forward, backward, to his dream, to this, to that, whatever, those kind of things, that I felt needed a little bit more editing, or maybe a little less editing. Yeah. 
to. I felt like, honestly, I felt like for that movie, it didn't impact me as much as it should have, even though it was a cool twist, until I watched it again for like mm -hmm. a second time. Like I watched it all the way through, and then I watched it halfway through from like the twist on to see if I had missed anything. Okay. There, okay, there's one scene uh, as far as poor decision making um, that I, I can, I, I think I'm, I'm convinced I can express it without giving it away. There's a scene where Michael Pena's character is going up against one of the invaders mm -hmm. and a pipe gets broken and it immediately, you know, fills part of the room with steam. And instead of stepping back and waiting for his adversary to come out of the steam, he just starts shooting into it. Yeah. And then he walks into the steam. I'm like, dude, what, what? No, you don't. Yeah. Oh, okay. That's one. But it, that resolved itself. There's that. There's also so. the, uh, you know, the inevitable alien invasion part about the little doll. There's like about the doll that got lost. That happens in every alien invasion movie involving a kid. So it's mm -hmm. almost like, well, you have to check that box off. Um, but of course, that's not yeah. egregious enough to be like, say, oh, that sucked. Yeah. yeah. It's, you know. Um, yeah, there's like the part where the little kid refuses to move and, and it puts everyone in harm's way. And you're just like, oh, come on. You know. But that's Somebody a, throw that's that a, kid out there. <laughs> that's a, you that's put the a word pew pew in the notes. I did because I, I wanted to say that the action was great. And for the low budget <laughs> effects were actually pretty good. Uh, there was there was a scene early on in the movie. I'm like, oh god, it's gonna be one of these, like where there's an explosion. I'm like, oh, that's kind of poorly composited, but it was okay. It fit the movie, and they had to contain it within this budget, but make it feel much bigger than it was. And I thought they did it very I, well. I have a question, but I'm not sure if I can phrase it in the way that you guys will understand what I'm talking about. Um, hmm. No, try it. Why did things stop looking like? They did the first half of the movie, like uniforms. Um, I think there's a reason for that. I I think everything had a very kind of light green feeling. H have you ever, mm. have you guys heard of go away green? It's a paint that Disney developed, um, that they paint a lot of the kind of like air conditioning units and things like that at Disney world, like stops, like <laughs> traffic signs and things like that to blend in with the background that okay, if, if you yeah, look it up, go away green. Um, yeah, I, I think it just made things very bland and very even and very, they use familiar. it on the boxes around the projectors and, for the castle at Disney. World. Uh, kind of, like, mm -hmm. I, I thought it was very, it just set a tone for, okay, everything's good. We're fine. You know, life goes on until, you know, bam, explosions, everything was very orange and red and, and fire. That was my big question that I went back. It's like, did I miss That's my opinion. I, I mean, I, yeah, I don't think there was like a, a real, there wasn't like a narrative explanation, but I think visually, um, when you start to see into the past that it kind of connected things for me. Okay. That makes sense. It was almost like a, like a, like a uniform that they all wore just to keep everything, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, very true. Right general. away. Okay. So I think, uh, without spoiling anything, we you know, probably have to move on. Um, if you guys have Netflix, check it out. Um, I guess we should, I mean, we probably already said it, but, um, Rob says, check it out. Jimmy says, check it out. I say, check it out. Uh, if you have Netflix, if you're, you know, it's kind of the dog days of summer. If you're like, well, I've already finished up everything else I want to watch. I would definitely 
you know, it's a it's a fun movie to watch it one night and it makes you think every once in a while. Being uh, the the resident dad here, I have watched many an episode of Teen Titans Go because you know on the Teen weekends, Titans. yes, because on the weekends they tend to do the marathon on one of the many Cartoon Networks, and when I want to sleep in, I can just activate said Cartoon Network and the you know I get a few hours extra of sleep as the child watches Teen Titans. And it's actually entertaining for when I'm, you know, awake. And I actually really enjoy Teen Titans Go. And I, I actually do enjoy it as well. And in fact, in the break room, they always know when I've been in the break room at work because I've got Cartoon Network on when I've been in there by myself. And nice. it's usually Teen Titans because they run Teen Titans a lot during the day. Yeah. So I think it's funny. Um, I've actually, after, well, we'll get to it, but I purchased the original Teen Titans first season because I've had some extra money from my uh, Amazon Prime, like, you don't need to deliver it right away, digital purchases kind of thing, where you get, like, the extra dollar towards the digital purchase. So I bought season one of Teen Titans. And I actually like Teen Titans Go a little more than, and I'm more entertained by that than the original, than the first season of the regular Teen Titans show that everyone's, like, all mad that went away. But we'll get to that. So anyway, I will not speak too long about this, but Teen Titans Go to the movies. Um, I was really excited to go see it with my kid, because there hasn't been a huge amount of family movies out this summer and he really likes going to the movies. And I thought it was really funny. It was like, as I say, dead, it was like Deadpool, but for the kids. And that's, you'll see a lot of reviews that say that um, it did remind you that DC has some fun characters and they could be fun. It's definitely, if they get out of their own way and stop effing them up. Yeah, exactly. And they definitely had the jokes mixed in there for the kids and the jokes mixed in there for the adults. Being a a very large kid myself, as can be witnessed by the uh, leg of Ultron sitting downstairs, um, you know I've enjoyed both of the jokes. So the, there was the, of course, the ubiquitous Martha joke that they had to put in there, and that I thought that was funny. And also the five minute fart joke, also funny. <laughs> so um, you know it's basically the same cast from the TV show, you know with the. I'll give their names because a lot of people don't know the voice actors' names, but Robin, who is Scott Menville, uh, Cyborg, who is uh, Carrie Payton, Starfire, who is Hinden Walsh, Raven, Tara Strong, and Beast Boy, Greg Sipes, Jimmy. I think you have news about yes, him. Yes, I do. Um, and I looked this up. Greg Sipes was just announced as a featured guest at Spooky Empire Orlando, October 26th through 28th. Tickets are on sale now. I've got my tickets for Friday, and I'm very excited about it. Uh, they cast Nicolas Cage as Superman, and do you know why? I know why. To prevent from having to do a movie with Nicolas Cage as Superman? They tried. They, yeah. I know. I'm very glad that didn't go through. <laughs> yeah, it was. I think Kevin Smith wrote it, right? It's supposed to be. Uh, it was Tim Burton, right? Yeah, it was. What it was Directed it was, by Tim Burton. It was, it was It was Tim Burton. At, at one point, Kevin Smith was attached to something. Maybe script rewrites or something. I don't know. We'll figure it out, I'm sure. But yeah, Nicolas Cage voices Superman. Um, they, of course have a ton of jokes in there um you know basically the plot of the movie is that everyone is getting their own superhero movies and everyone is mocking robin for being a sidekick and like sidekicks don't get movies and they of course do it like the batman trailer where they're like you know it's they do a batman movie trailer and then they're like and then you know ne the next summer it's batman's best friend the person that he can't live without and they like show like an r on the screen and it becomes the word Alfred it becomes like the R from Alfred <laughs> and Robin's like, Ugh. and then they're like, we're going to do one about his 
something else and they decide to make a movie about the car. So like basically the whole thing is that Robin's pissed off that they're making all these movies about other superheroes. They do an awesome time travel sequence, which is available online. You can find it. I'm going to post it on the Facebook page. And of course they, they basically get on these giant big wheels and they go back in time and they decide to get rid of all of the superheroes so that they're, they have to make a movie about the sidekicks. And so the longer, the longer part is that they go and they like play the music on the crystals to make sure that Krypton doesn't explode. And then they go and they keep Batman's parents from going into an alley. But then they show him on a dock and they look over the, into the water and just casually drop a, a six pack like plastic rings into the into the water. And you see baby Aquaman stuck in it, slowly floating to the bottom of the ocean. <laughs> oh, that's awful. <laughs> like, <laughs> wow. I, I have a thing ever since I, I saw an episode of Reading Rainbow where they showed like a, a poor little turtle. It's shell like growing through mm-hmm. one of those six pack rings. I, I have to cut those up every time. Yeah, I do, I do that too. So of course, you know, you get rid of the superheroes, they come back and everything is like, you know, carnage and you know, things being destroyed and whatever. So they go back in time and they of course clip the, the thing from Aquaman. The Batman one is great where they, you see like Robin puts the pearl necklace on Batman's mom and kind of pushes her into the alleyway. It's <laughs> like, wow, <laughs> that was harsh. But anyway, um, they do that, and then, of course, it leads to them finally making a movie. There is a million references. I already mentioned the Martha one. That's, yeah, that seems like a very subtle joke that adults will get and kind of snicker and look at their kids and be like, oh, God, I hope you don't understand mm-hmm. that. You know, they've, they, I mean, the when they show the cities, the city things, there's like every, rest, every store front is some sort of DC joke. Uh, Stan Lee makes an appearance. Like, it's legitimately him, like his voice. Um Although it's weird, it's got a weird echo to it. I think he recorded it like in his, his house because I think it was recorded when he wasn't when things weren't going so well. But mm-hmm. I mean, there's you know, Back to the Future references. There's um, what are some of the other ones? God, there's just a ton. So it's really entertaining. It's you know, my wife did say something about the lines of like you're used to those being like 15 minute long episodes, and every so often you're like, wow, this is extending. You know, it's it's very bright. It's very like energetic. So. An hour and 15 minutes can be a little exhausting at times, but the, my kid loved it. It was, a, it was sort of a musical and the songs were actually really good. Um, they're pretty, they have a good music team because they did that night begins to shine thing, which we talked about. And that song, I still listen to that yeah. song all the time. And, and the, the episode where Beast Boy wrote the song for Raven, uh, that song got stuck in my head for a couple of Yeah. Like they're, they're, whoever their music team is, is, is good. And there's like, there's a, um, like a, one of the songs is very much like a musical, musical song. You know, they're talking about like what, you know, the things that they have to do and all that. And it's, it sounds like it could be pulled right off of Broadway. Um, they of course do the inspirational song about, you know, like don't let the bad guys get you down and, you know, rise up, that kind of thing. So if you, um, I guess just to close this out here, um, if you happen to like stuff, you know, like Teen Teen, if you like Teen Titans or if you like just irreverent humor about superheroes and, you know, the DC movies and stuff like that. I would totally go see it or maybe rent it. Um, there's a lot of clips online. I mean, I know you guys probably out there listening probably know what Teen Titans is, but you know, you can definitely get a, a sense of the humor. Um, and if a lot of people, you know, go watch it, there is an after credit sequence. And uh, Rob, did you see the after credit sequence or hear anything about it? I, I did not. Okay. So as I said, there's a little bit of controversy. Between Teen Titans and Teen Titans Go. And I guess the controversy came because Teen Titans ended. I didn't see that season yet. 
but it ended kind of on a cliffhanger and they never came back to it. It got canceled and then they came back with this new kid-ified version of the show. And mm-hmm. at the end of this movie, it like fuzz during the credits, it fuzzes out and it kind of does like the like someone patching into the uh, the the credit sequence, you know, like they do on TV. And it's the Robin from the original Teen Titans show. And he's like looking into, he's like, I forget exactly what he says, but he's like, guys, I think I found a way back. And then it cuts out, which I, people like, I only, I mean, I saw it in the theater, but like people the night before, cause I saw it on Sunday, I think maybe Saturday, but people Friday night, like were posting it all over line. So like a lot of my you know, former students stuff that like love the original show, mm-hmm. I guess what the deal is, is if this movie does well enough or it makes back to its money, all of the voice actors have agreed to it that they will they will do both voice acting for Teen Titans Go and a Teen Titans show to like bring back the original also. Hmm. Which would be pretty cool. Okay. So you get both. Problem is is all the people that are like quote unquote boycotting the show because they don't like Teen Titans Go are hurting their chances for uh potentially seeing the other. Um and enjoying a good fun movie. If you want something that you can just go see and laugh and or maybe rent and laugh, then I would definitely go see Teen Titans. Word. Cool. I believe our last topic, Teen Titans Go to the Movies, um, kind of ties into our question for tonight. Um, and that would be the five most jarring times that a movie, music, TV show has completely changed its aesthetic uh, genre or look for better or worse. Have you got five for us? I do. I do. Oh, we both do. <laughs> we're just, we're just going to go exactly at the same time. Just talk okay, right over top of each other. Hey, you ready? Mm-hmm. Three, two, one. Kid Rock, so, uh, <laughs> Kid Rock, oh, okay. Yeah. So, Greg, you, I, man, I, I just think it's so funny that when explaining this question, uh, you brought up Taylor Swift, and I was just like, man, I didn't know you were such a Taylor Swift fan. So, Taylor I'm Swift not. started as a, a a country artist and switched mm-hmm. over to pop, and has had you know great success doing that. And if we're talking about other musical acts, let's look at Pantera. Um, who a lot of people call their first iteration Glam Terra. Um, yep. The late Dimebag Daryl uh, was known as Diamond Daryl. Um, and man, they had some just really awkward moments in their beginnings. So, um, And I do have a little bit of an, a, an issue with that because it seems like, like with the whole Taylor Swift thing, I mean, mm-hmm. I get that she's considered pop now. Um, but when, fe- when she first started, she was country. And it really seemed like people just considered her pop because nobody really wanted to admit that they liked country. Mm-hmm. And, and I, see, I, I always feel thought like, I always thought she was country until like I mean I'm right? not a fan until she wasn't right. Yeah. And 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 I feel like that happens with with a lot of country artists who become popular that they get that they get kind of shuffled over to that pop category just because you know they don't want or you know people don't want to be associated with liking country. But that's just me. Gotcha. Well, I'll go ahead and and kick things off and kind of set the stage, I guess. So my number five is going to be Batman Ninja. Really? Yeah. Uh, Although we, you know, we've talked about it on the show before. Uh, Batman had ninja training, but we've never seen it actualized in an anime version. Okay. Until Batman Ninja. So I, I think that really threw me for a loop. I really enjoyed it, but... It, it definitely and the different changed. styles within. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. That Street Fighter, and there were like so many different art styles in there. 
I, I thought it was a really cool addition to the the story. Um, my number four is going to be Sting. I, I know that's weird, but now it's funny. I just, almost every podcast I listen to it has at least one like wrestling reference every like month or so. <laughs> so here's yours now. Yep. Um, I I was such a huge fan of Sting growing up. He was that California kid. Uh, he had that you know bleach blonde hair. And the face paint. And then he showed up and he was like the crow. Yep. Mm-hmm. And I was like, wait, what? What? Did, did just... I miss a show somewhere? <laughs> did I miss something? Yeah, like, yeah. wait, what? Uh, but, you know, and uh, my number three is going to be The Simpsons 3D episode. And this was one of those ones that came out. And I was like, hey, man, I, I really like 3D. This is cool. But it was such a divergence from, you know, their standard format. Yeah, it was one of the I Halloween the episodes where they fell into a different zone. Yeah, and they heard Homer in the walls. It was yeah. very poltergeist. Um, my number two, because it just shocked me when I was when I was younger, was the Save by the Bell episode where Jesse Spano had a problem with caffeine pills. The I'm so excited, I'm so excited, I'm so scared mm. episode where I was like, oh, God, what? Wait, this it's isn't just high school fun. And, fun. Yeah, it, it it had an effect on me. Um, my number one is because they're one of my, my favorite, you know, musical groups or musical acts of all times, the Beastie Boys. The Beastie Boys started as a punk band and switched over to hip-hop and really helped define a genre, which they're often not given enough credit for. So that's my number one. Uh, Beastie Boys switching over from the Polywog Chronicles, which was their their first album, a punk album, and then going over to to hip hop. I, I have not heard that album. Hmm. My, my list very is, is changing as we go because there's a lot. There's a lot we can talk about here, which I think is interesting. Yeah, but I, 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 a lot I'm of it's replacing music. one of mine as well. Yeah, a lot of it's music um, mm-hmm. because that does happen. And I'm also trying to expand the conversation. And I know like. There was one that was on my list that I saw showed up on Rob's list, so I changed it a little bit just because I know that it's it's a it's a big one and it's but we'll get to that. So anyway, um, I have Kid Rock on there, and Kid Rock started off as like a Vanilla Ice wannabe, and then all of a sudden, oh, yeah. he was heavy metal or well, like a metal rap, new metal with a little bit of a southern twang type person, mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden he was country balladeer. So I, I had to go with that one. Um, which I, I typed LOL yeah, yeah. at because looking back at it and like, oh, he went from hip hop to, I guess, new metal, rap metal, and then started just stealing other people's songs. And yeah, then to, to country, to um, back to rap. Yeah, like and racism. now he's like this. Yeah, exactly. So I put him on the list. I, if Honestly, when we started doing a podcast, if you were like, yeah, someday you're going to talk about Kid Rock, Kid Rock on the podcast, I'd be like, no, we're not. But apparently we are. Um, now, I have Taylor Swift as my next one, as my number four. But I'm, because you mentioned it, I'm going to actually switch that up to Radiohead. Because um, the first two or three Radiohead albums sound nothing like the rest of the stuff that comes out. So, you know, the Benz and, you know, sounds nothing like OK Computer at all. Um, they've completely changed their genre. Yeah. And I'm going to get slammed here. I actually like the early stuff a lot better. I like the rock stuff significantly better than OK Computer, which is ever, a lot of people consider like the album of the 90s. But Interesting. yeah, um, I, I've listened to it a bunch of times. It puts me right to sleep. 
maybe that's a good thing. I don't know. Um, I will go with Archer because they went from, you know, spy funny TV show to season five. All of a sudden they were drug dealers. Uh, that was Archer Vice. So same style, but, hmm. you know, completely changed up their background. Uh, my number two, also potentially my number, was potentially my number one for a while, but Halloween 3. Because Halloween 3, they did away with the whole Michael Myers thing and decided to basically do to, you know, do stories set on Halloween. So was that, that season, season of, the of the Witch? So no Michael Myers, okay. but it was a story of cursed masks being released into the public by a company. Mm-hmm. And when they put on the masks and watched a special TV show, it had a signal on it that basically opened up portals to other dimensions in the children's faces and maggots and stuff crawled out of the masks. So they released that. People went to see it thinking they were going to get a new, getting a new Michael Myers movie. And they were, and we're like, just, what the F like, is this? You know, <laughs> probably about 45 minutes into it. Like, when does Michael Myers show up? Which led to it being six years before another Halloween movie came out. And you mentioned it, but my number one is Pantera. Um, they were a hair metal band, and then they became not just a heavy metal band, but considered one of the heavier or heaviest thrash metal bands around. Or as someone who messed with my notes, who um, is, in fact, uh, married to me, uh, she referred to them as going from a hair metal band to Southern Thrash or making soups and sandwiches, at which point I had to tell her it was Pantera, not Panera. And then I had to <laughs> shoo her away from my office oh. so that she would not mess with the script anymore. So Yeah, people say Pantera yeah. bread all the time. And I just but she hilarious. did. And if you see it on the notes, nice. it is because somebody snuck into the office and messed with it as I was saying goodnight to the child tonight. So Panera, or sorry, Panera, Pantera is my number one. <laughs> nice. All right. Well, I'll, I'll go ahead with my five. Um, at, at number five, I think I'm going to put in Teen Titans. The switch from the Teen Titans cartoon to the Teen Titans Go was actually extremely jarring, as you've already said, and a lot of people were really upset about it. Um, I remember coming back to Teen Titans Go and going, wait a minute, this isn't the cartoon that I remember. What happened? Um, you know, so, that was on yeah, my Teen list, Titans too. Then I, the only mind. reason I bumped it off was because of the change of the title, but it's still the same creative oh, okay. team, okay, so okay, I got it's you. probably fine. Yeah. Plus, it's our show. Okay. Um well, being being that there was a change in the title, my my number one probably doesn't qualify either. But I'm I'm going to throw it up there because I thought it okay, was absolutely well, brilliant. Keep um, my number four is going to be Halloween. Um, Greg already talked about that. Yeah, it was it was a completely jarring change from the original format, and it was not for the better. Um, Halloween three, I I did not like at all, and for all the same reasons that, that Greg had talked about, all the complaints about it. It's like I'm going to see a Mike Myers movie. Where mm-hmm. the hell is Mike Myers? Um, my number three is going to be a novel or a book series that I'm pretty sure you guys no. have not read, but it's but it's by an author by the name of Joel Rosenberg who who has passed away, so there won't be any more of them, but. There's there's a book series called Guardians of the Flame, and it's a movie or not a movie. It's a book series about a group of kids who are like D and D players. That something happens and they actually get transported into the universe that they play in, and they're they are their character. Um, but it was a really great series for the first three books, and then I believe it was like book four, might have been book five, but it was like book four somewhere in there where the style of writing changed from the third person omnipotent view 
to a first person storytelling view. And the story was now being told from the first person view of one of the characters. And it was such a jarring change that I was like, am I reading the same books? What, what happened here? Um, and I, I did not appreciate it as much as I did the first several books. So that was one of, that was one of the big ones that I remembered. Gotcha. I, had, I had not heard of that. Um, the description leads me to believe that would make just a really cool TV show, you know, parlaying the, the fan love of Game of Thrones, but also like Stranger Things, like having it being kids mm-hmm. and, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, I always remember playing those kind of games, you know, down at my friend's basement. And then like on the way home, you're kind of like, you're still, you know, the, the big tree that was in the corner of your house now looks like right. a dragon kind of thing. Now, and when I say kids, um, I mean, I'm talking like teenagers, um, but still they, they get trapped in this world and then they actually grow up in the world. So, so uh-huh. it, it was actually a really neat series. I just didn't like the switch from the third person storytelling to the first person storytelling. Um, my number. So that was one of the for the worse. What's that? That was one of the uh, yeah, for the worse. Yeah, the, the last two were actually for the worse. Um, one of my one of my ones just changed, so it's no longer that one that's listed there. I went ahead and took that out. Um, but that's the one I took out. So because you oh, had it in, well. that didn't sound right. <laughs> <laughs> well, oh man, my my number two, and it's going to be because it's a style change, and I. It wasn't the first one to do it, but I think it did bring it back in so that a lot of other shows started doing it. Um, And that's going to be the Once More with Feeling episode from Buffy the Vampire Slayer, where they did the musical episode. So they kind of changed up the the way that their show was done, and they actually made it a musical episode. And that's Mm -hmm. something that has been been continued on other shows um, since Buffy has done that. That was actually a big episode, right? Something big happened in that episode, correct? Yeah, that was that was the episode where Buffy revealed that she was actually in heaven when they pulled her back. Okay, and yeah, I, I remember like it wasn't just a throwaway episode. It wasn't like we're going to sing now for a while. No, it was it, like there was actual real. Like, it, plot. it was it was an episode after because because at one of the it, at the end of one of the seasons, Buffy dies, and mm-hmm. the the entire team is working very hard to find Buffy and bring her back because they think she's trapped somewhere or whatever. And it's not until like towards the end of the episode that Buffy reveals that she was in heaven and they ripped her out of heaven to bring her back to Sunnyvale. And everybody feels like total crap for it. (laughs) But yeah, it, the, the musical episode was, was very well done. And like I said, it, it, it kind of brought it into the mainstream again for other shows to do it. And I think other shows like Grey's Anatomy has done it. There've been other like really popular shows that have done the music. Flash just yeah, did it. Flash did it. So it, so what is your number? My one? number one is going to be C-Lab. The, the cartoon was initially a serious like sci-fi cartoon. And then they went and made it C-Lab 2021 and totally changed the, the style and feel of the cartoon. And I think it was for the better because I found C Lab twenty twenty one to be absolutely hilarious. I believe that C Lab has now made it into two of your lists, at least in the past two episodes. Maybe yeah, three. Well, the last two consecutive episodes. Did did I talk about it too? That's bizarro, isn't it though? Mm-hmm. But yeah, which is bizarro, bizarro. Yeah, C Lab was interesting. It's got to be an interesting story how they were able to get that footage and just like recut it and reedit it. Mm-hmm. But it, but it also reminds me a little bit of like what Teen Titans has done with footage from the old Teen Titans cartoon as well. 
Yeah. Like they they've re redubbed the cartoon to to fit episodes that they're doing with Teen Titans Go. And I, I think it's funny that they've just like changed up the dialogue in it and it still works with the with the already done yeah. cartoon. So so should we definitive five this real quick? Is there anything that you feel like definitely needs to be on there? I honestly think Hootie and the Blowfish totally needs to be on there, even though it got bumped off of both of our lists because they've made just as much money doing country as they did doing Southern Rock. Well, well is it is it Hootie and the Blowfish now? Because I thought it I thought well, well Hootie, yeah, Hootie who went from doing the, or Darius Rucker. Yeah. As, uh, now I I guess I could be at number five. Well, we'll see how it goes. So okay, I think. Putting that in there, not at number one, even though I just typed it there. Got that. I think Teen Titans probably should have something to do with this. Uh, Jimmy, is there anything that you feel is 100% necessary? Uh, Sting. That, like, shattered my world. So I can do that. Um, so, so far, we've got at number five, Hootie and the Bloodfish splitting off Teen with Darius Rucker. I think Teen Titans can probably jump up because that's okay. still controversial. Many years later, Sting could be number four. Pantera is such a major change, and Halloween yeah, Three is such that. a major change. Um, I don't think Rob knows what a Pantera is, so maybe put that. I, I, I am familiar with the band. I think honestly, I think Buffy should be in there. The, it's kind of one bringing, episode, and then they went back to normal. Right, but they brought back the musical episode, and other shows went and did it after that. Yeah, it, it was. So... It, I mean, granted, they weren't the first to do it, but. It, it was, I, I, I don't know how long it had been since anybody had done it, but, um, but I felt like if, if you do something to change up your style just for one episode that other shows feel like they need to copy and do it as well, I mean, I, th- I think you're doing something good. Mm-hmm. So how about if we're going to argue it out, um, we kick off Hootie and the Bluefish in favor of Buffy. That's fine. I can do that. Okay. Because if I if I was to put up a picture of Pantera then and now, it's like two different worlds. It's pink spandex to, you know, Jack Daniels t shirts. Yeah. Um, but you wear a Jack Daniels t shirt knowing that you don't drink it. <laughs> no, I actually do. I think Jack Daniels is gross. So we're going with number one for Halloween three, season of the witch. Yeah. I yeah, I, I can't fight that one. Yeah. It was so it was so jarring, and I I kind of wish I was like more. I wish I was paying attention more back then to when those trailers came out, like if they were made it very clear that there was going to be no Michael Myers, because I don't think they did. Like, I've seen the trailers online, mm-hmm. and I can only imagine, you know, I, first of all, I can imagine if the internet was around back then and people were, like, bitching afterwards, like, what the hell is this? But, yeah, so I think that would be number one. So, um, the Buffy musical episode, Sting all of a sudden becoming the Crow, which I wasn't even watching, and I was I thought that was weird. Teen Titans to becoming Super Teen weird. Titans Go, Pantera going from Glam Terra to a restaurant that serves um, bagels and, and muffins, and, yeah, and of course Halloween Three, Season of the Witch, Michael Myers, you know, going around slaughtering people with a knife to scary witch masks that open up gates to hell. That oh. is our definitive five, um, you know, things that have changed aesthetic, genre, etc. Midstream, even uh, Jimmy, can you take us out? I guess. You're good at that. Well, thank you, Greg. Take I appreciate me out, that. Jimmy. Uh, so, guys, I hope you've enjoyed the episode. Um, if you could, again, you know, leave us a review on whatever podcast, you know, application you're listening to. We'd appreciate it. Good morning, good afternoon, and good night. We are the Give Me Five Brain Trust. Yeah. And listen to us on Spotify. Apparently, it's really hard to get on there. 
Yeah, we did right before right before you know, they, they shut it down. Off, so. Yep. Yeah, there's been a lot of talk about that, and you know, I'm kind of proud that we're on there. So, so listen to us on Spotify if you have it. Word. Thanks, guys. Thanks. So aside from me hurting myself, what's new, guys? I'll just read the. Uh, I'll go ahead and read the the tagline from um, IMDb, and I will go ahead now and give you guys a spoiler warning. If you have not seen this movie, I absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> what just happened? <laughs> well. <laughs> Did somebody do something gross? Ray Egon.